Welcome to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings, where we walk with you on your journey to wholeness. Our host is Dr. Jeannie Burnett, licensed clinical psychologist and certified eating disorder therapist. Join her and her host, Carlos Houston, as they discuss the relationship between your food, your faith, and your feelings. Are you confident today? We are. We are going to teach you about coping with depression. I am Dr. Jeannie Burnett. This is... You uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say my own name. You want to say your own name? Yeah. Well, say it, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Carlos Houston. And it's so good to be back with you. We were thinking about our last show, and we felt like uh, it was a very heavy subject matter. I think depression is... It is very heavy. Depression is a very heavy subject matter. But we were listening to the show, and it was like, oh, my God, that sounded so sad. We were so we gonna talk about coping with depression, and we are right. gonna be ha- helping you be happy. Be happy, okay? Don't worry. Now we're doing what we tell people. Don't just tell them to be happy. <laughs> But we're going to give you some ways to be happy, okay? Some ways to cope with depression. I think the number one thing is stop listening to yourself. That's, that's the biggest part of it. Listen to us. Because we, the, the Carlos Sunday and Jeannie show, is so funny. No, We but, actually have so much fun in the booth. You guys wouldn't even... Uh, yeah. But some of that stuff we can't say on. Sadly, air. a lot of it uh, has to be edited out. Uh, however, but when you when you when we're gonna work up to be in a live show one day, and oh <laughs> boy, all bets are off. Beep. No. <laughs> you backing that truck up. <laughs> but really, really, the individuals who have depression. One of the things that you're constantly telling yourself is that, like we said at the, the previous show, that I am a burden. I'm a burden on them, and and I am. They would be happier without me, and they their lives would be better without me. Okay, you can't listen to that. I'm not going to that event because no one really wants me there. You can't listen to that. Right. There's no sense in working out because it doesn't matter. It, you can't listen I'm to that. I'm too big. I'm going to break the machines. No, exactly. no, no. All, those, all those, that, that negative self-talk. So I think one of the biggest things is learning how to distinguish between that negative self-talk and what is real, not what you think. Well, or at the moment or at the field. And I honestly, I mean, one of my things that I that I do personally and that I tell my clients to do when they are feeling stuck in an emotion is to go for a walk because so many positive feelings are um, produced and it's it, it's helping with uh, decrease your stress. decreasing that stress uh, cortisol Mm -hmm. and it like after I go work out like I worked out this morning I feel great I'm a little sore but really just like if you can't change your mind change your body first change the cycle you're also changing your environment when you yep. go for a walk, you you get out of the house. You get you got you have to put some clothes on. You, you can't walk outside in, in your drawers. You you got to put clothes on. Please, please. So, but you you getting and then sunshine. You're getting that vitamin E. You're even you're, if it's if it's raining outside. Right. Sometimes just having some some something fresh and new and different and go go outside and look for a yellow flower. Like go do something else. Get your brain right. fun- focused on something different and outside of yourself. Right. In fact, I, because my father is huge in AA and some other anonymous groups, um, one of the things that he routinely would say to me when I was younger is, go do something else for someone else. 
because that gets you out of yourself. The self focus goes away. Right. Right. Putting your mind on putting your, like I said, not just on something, but on someone else, uh, taking someone else's weight. A lot of times we, we can recognize just the, the burden that other people experience and feel some kin kin was a kinship uh, to that individual or to the, their their plight. Um, I think I don't know if we said this last week or not, but one of the things about depression, you don't have to have a problem to have depression. Right. We, we oh, talked about gosh, some of the yeah. things that can lead to depression, but there doesn't have to be anything. There can, you, you, your life can look perfect to everybody else. You, your marriage is good. Your children are good. Your finances are good. Uh, your career is good. Everything looks good, yet you hate your life. Well, and I really want to like just stress something we stressed last show, which is depression is a medical condition. It's like you can't see cancer, but when people know that they have cancer, it you know, and nobody ever blames them, maybe if they've smoked or whatever, but you also have to have the genetics. Depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, those are all genetic conditions, as well as eating disordered behavior and, and uh, alcohol and drug issues. All of those things are genetically pre-programmed. And so for you to understand that if you have this genetic predisposition, then you need to be aware and conscious of how to avoid and getting in, you know, entrenched in that. So some of the coping skills for dealing with depression, again, also parallels some of those same coping skills that we talked about with anxiety disorder. Um, we talked about dialectical behavior therapy, DBT, uh, the, the tenets of that, the mindfulness, the emotional regulation, the interpersonal. Uh, You're talking some big words, Carlos. What does that mean? Oh, no. I just read in a book one day. No. Emotional regulation. Emotional regulation. That, and I think that's something um, we, when you talk about dialectical behavior therapy, when you talk about DBT. um you, you have to look at how you're responding to things that are going on around you emotionally, how you're responding and recognizing when your emotions fit a scenario mm-hmm. and, and when they're outside of what is considered the norm. Right. And one of the things that I tell my clients is if you feel like your response is greater than what's going on or what you would assume would be a normative response for the situation, then you're probably digging into past issues and past traumas and past beliefs. And that stuff never goes away until you focus on it and acknowledge it and validate it. And then it it goes away. Right. We talked about the, the path worn in the grass. That right. path. That path is you when something happened, brand new situation with a brand new person, but they did something or something happened that resembled a situation and a, a person 30 years back and your response wasn't to them in this new situation. Your response with that person was the same or based on the hurt that you felt 30 years ago. So being able to recognize that is going to have a big effect on how you're now experiencing your current relationships or your current emotions. You know, and I'm feeling I'm going to take this in a a little bit of a different direction. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, we've been talking a lot about depression, but I want you to understand that depression so is so different from sadness. Sadness is like a response to a situation that's going on. Your best friend dies or your mother gets sick and you are sad 
And that is not depression. Crying is not, it's not a sin. It's not um, a shameful act. I have so many clients that come in and I think this is part of the problem that keeps people stuck is that we are a vessel. If something funny is told to me, I laugh. If something creates pain in me, I need to cry. And crying is not a sign of weakness. It is not a sign that you are over-emotional. It is just an emotion. And when you experience it and let it go and not judge it, then it will actually, that process comes out. I love what you just said, not judge it. And that's oftentimes we carry ourselves into lower places because we judge our behavior so, so critically. We, uh, because I was crying, then this means this about me. Because I was crying, I give it a meaning based on what I think or what I believe society thinks. Okay, if he's crying, then he is weak. And and he ain't no man. Exactly. So I I think understanding that if this is how I am responding to what you've told me, then that is that's that's my emotional or my natural response. Embracing that allows me to experience it. And now move on. But when I try to not experience something that I am naturally experiencing, now I'm fighting against my own natural self. And that creates that can create that depression or create that self-loathing. Right. Right. In response to what you were just saying about accepting and feeling and allowing when you fight those emotions, it is essentially like creating a, a clog in your drain. It's not like. Things just go away. They get stuck and it's gross and it's nasty. And when you have to go back and clear out that drain, then it's sometimes people do feel like there's this huge whoosh and they like feel better. Sometimes people feel like they're going to start crying and they're never going to stop. And so it's important to try. Like this is where I think three year olds actually have it right. They fall down, they cry, they're, they don't get their cookie, they cry, and they get mad. And it's, I, I understand that and two minutes later, they're back playing with the Legos. They're fine, because boom, it's gone. And so there's a little bit of, just a, just a tad of that that I think we could take back into our adult life, and that is that it is okay to experience your emotion. Now, maybe if you're getting some criticism or some con- constructive criticism from work, and your feelings are hurt, then okay, maybe you don't want to cry in that moment, but go to the bathroom and, and cry when you're and when it's appropriate or when you go home or leave early. Take care of yourself. Right. Because the more that you allow your your pain especially to get processed as close to the moment as you can, the healthier you're gonna be. Think about what you were saying as far as the, the drain getting clogged. Yep. So when that drain gets clogged Everything that tries first is it's a slow. Let's say it's a slow drain. Everything that's coming down after that drain gets clogged gets stuck there. Everything that you experience, or from the time that you had that initial clog, is getting stuck there. So until you go back and clean out the initial, if you just take out what's on the top, what you just dealt with, you're not getting the root or the the issue that is clogged the drain. Right. So being able to go back and and really deal with it, ex- whatever that experience was, whatever the hurt was, whatever the pain was, once you go and deal with the root of it, now everything flows so much freer. 
Right. And, and that's that's a big part of it. And I remember when I was, um, you know what, I think we'll take a commercial break here and we'll come back and I'll talk a little bit about how my drain got unclogged when I was in college. Did you use Drano or? Well, you know, apply, whatever uh, works. But, oh, okay. All right. So could your nonprofit use $10,000 per month in free Google advertising? Since 2003, Google has donated free advertising to over 20,000 nonprofits in over 50 countries throughout the world. They've helped them raise millions of dollars in cash donations, recruiting and volunteer work, and in raising awareness for their causes. Visit epicgrowth.com, that's E-P-I-C-growth.com, to see if your nonprofit organization is eligible for this $10,000 in free advertising today. My friend, Mr. Steve Hightower, created an amazing fundraiser for children in Atlanta. This year, you can be a part in helping homeless Atlanta teens by attending the 8th annual Thriving Children Gala, which is on May the 12th at the Atlanta History Center. The gala will benefit the Lost and Found Youth Agency. The doors open at 6.30 for cocktails, hors d'oeuvres, and silent auction. You will then be escorted to the Grand Overlook Ballroom for an evening of entertainment, Featuring Las Vegas, Britney Spears impersonator, Derek Berry, fashion show, live auction, and more. For more information, you can go to atlantathrivingchildren.org or call Mr. Steve Hightower at his hair and day spa at 404-264-9006. Thanks. NISA is a capital company that helps connect those who are from countries outside of the United States to access funding and legal assistance using specific programs that are flexible in order to enhance a project's success. NISA Capital is a global professional services firm that's headquartered in Atlanta and has locations in Miami, India, China, Korea, Vietnam, and Latin America. Welcome back to Food, Faith, and Feelings. I walk with you on your journey to wholeness. We have been talking with you about depression. Uh, this is our second week talking about depression. We're trying to be a little more lively this week than we were last week. Uh, but you were getting ready to talk to us about your experience when you were in college. You, Yeah. Um, so when I was in recovery from my bulimic phase, I went to this uh, group therapy. And one of the things that started happening is it's it's sort of like as you as you're in therapy like things come off in layers and when you start getting to more of the core issue you're you're a little more sensitive and I, I literally went from this place where I couldn't cry at all I I would I would talk about sad things I would feel sad but the tears couldn't come and I've even had clients talk to me about just feel like I'm never going to cry. I can't make myself cry. And you're right. You can't make yourself cry. It's a natural event. Um, And sometimes it's hard once you've been disconnected from yourself emotionally to reconnect to that is it's like creating that new pathway. But when I started, when I connected, it was like a gusher. I felt like I was never going to stop crying. I felt like I was literally going to drown in my own tears and die. But eventually over time, like I, I was just exhausted. And so it's like all of that tension that from keeping all of your emotions repressed, it, it, it just kind of breaks. And once it comes out, you're again exhausted, but a lighter. 
I, I, I felt like emotionally like I was not carrying a monkey on my back anymore. I felt like I could breathe. I felt like I could look up and like colors were brighter. And so it was really a, a major shift for me in my recovery process. Hitting that burden, that, that part of that burden you were feeling was that, that you had to conform your emotions your, your, to everything that was going around you. Right. So let me ask you, when, when you had that, that experience, mm-hmm. How do you feel like it affected your your relationship with other people? Well, I I believe that like I was really when I was going through this um, because my father had been through something similar. I was very connected to him, and so I would often call him and talk with him about what was going on. And because he had sort of pioneered the way for me, I felt like I was I wasn't scared. and um, I felt very supported. And so I think it's really important to to have, one or two people around you that understand the process you're going through, don't isolate yourself because recovery happens in a group. It, it, it happens with people. And so I felt more connected with him. I felt more connected with my sorority sisters in college. And I began to have more energy to return back to the things that I used to do. Like I love, I started running in college and then I got away from it. And then I re- then I got back into it. And so it was just a thing that um, I, I just literally it helped my whole body get lighter. You felt, I love what you said that you felt connected with people. You, you started interacting with individuals more. Um, that's that's one of those things about depression. And we started off the show uh, talking about not listening to yourself. Um, and I think that's one of the things that we had talked about depression being very selfish in the sense that it wants to put all your attention on it. Well, one of the things that you can do to to counter that is to put your attention on other things and other people. We've, we talked about other people's helping or, or volunteering and serving. Um, but but don't play with puppies. Oh yeah, always. Puppies, I saw I cats. saw a, I saw a video on Facebook. I love this Facebook. And so I was this woman loved. She wanted a puppy, and they were changing over the house or whatever. And so her husband had like 12 or 15 puppies brought to their house. And I was like, oh my God, to play with 15 puppies. Like nasty, but it's going to be fun too. <laughs> right. But that, all of that, and you know, they animals often use as therapy, uh, for therapy rather, because it, they have this unconditional love that I, so many need. Yeah, I tell you, well... People that come to see me know about my dog, Sassy. So I have this nine pound black and white Pomeranian and I will put a picture of her up on the book of faces. And um, she is so attuned to people. Literally, when some of my clients start crying, she will come out from under the corner from where she's sleeping or whatever. And she'll come and she'll like lick on them and love on them. And it's she is truly like attuned to people emotionally. Now, when I cry, she runs under the bed. <laughs> I, I don't get it. It's like, oh, it's just mom. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Are you crying again? <laughs> Dang it, mom. <laughs> but my other dog, Siggy, he 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 teeps he up and in. so he steps in and he he of course is he's a sixty pound dog and he's huge and so I want him to go away when I'm crying. But whatever. <laughs> it all works. <laughs> exactly. But that, that, all of those are, are great ways of, of countering it. Uh, a, a big part of it is doing something you were not doing. Um, for those, uh, I, I, there's two parts. There are those who are listening who may have 
suffered or are suffering from depression. And then there are those who uh, maybe know <clears throat> someone, have loved ones um, that you believe may be suffering from depression. Uh, there's two parts. If you are that person with depression, know that you cannot stay where you are and get better. It, right. it, it's not going to happen. It can't do happen. Do something different. You have to to do something different. You've got to go somewhere you've not gone. You've got to step outside of of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, that may mean going to an event. That may mean going to a party. It may mean going out to eat with friends. Uh, it just may mean putting on your shoes and go outside for a walk. Exactly. Like, it just do something different. Exactly. And for those who have loved ones, um, we were talking about the unconditional love that, that animals give us often. Um, to have the unconditional love with someone, to let them know that I understand not even understand, but I'm here with you while you go through this. Because oftentimes, if you've never experienced it, it may be difficult to understand. Um, but just to let them know that you're with them as they go through it, um, which may mean sitting in a room quiet. So, oh, perfect, perfect segue. Because I have a friend who really, he didn't really get um, the power of connection until he recently lost his mother. And um, he called me and he said, you know, it's just amazing. Like, I really never understood what it meant that people would be there. And yes, I did use air quotes when I said that. Y'all missed it. <clears throat> she used the air quotes. And so, but what what he said was, you know, when, when I never experienced like all of these people contacting me and saying, hey, I'm going to come to the funeral and I'm, I'm here for you if you want to talk or he's like, you know, it's just I, now I understand what it means to truly feel that power of I'll be there for you. And, you know, and I had called him and he said, so I just want to thank you for that. And so you don't have to have magic words. Right. You don't have to have magic beans. Well, I didn't know what to say. So I didn't say I didn't go over there. I didn't, I didn't call. Know what to say. I, d- I was thinking about you. Right. OK, that's great. Yeah. But when you're thinking about that person, I mean, come on, we all know life is so short. Go ahead, pick up the phone, text them, call them, leave a voicemail. You know, if the voicemail's full, just text them and say, I'm thinking about you. Call me when you need me. And a lot of the times people think they have to have the right thing to fix them and nobody can fix anybody else. What people need is just to vent and voice and communicate what's going on inside of them. And so just like... Ask questions and shut up and listen is really what I encourage people to do. And it, validation it, it plays a, a large part. Too. And to validate, I, I think it's important to understand, to validate doesn't mean that you agree. It doesn't mean that, as I said earlier, you understand. What it just means is that you recognize that this is what this person is feeling. Right. I recognize that you're in pain right now. Whether I understand why you're in pain, whether I agree with why you're in pain, whether it doesn't matter. I just I just want to let you know I see that you're in pain. Right. And because I care, I want to be here with you. Right. While even you go if, through it. Even if it makes you anxious. It's okay, but you don't you don't have to fill it in with words. Right. You don't have to do anything. I mean, if that's what your love language is to do something for them, that's fine. What just be who you are and be supportive. And that person will know exactly what you're doing and will appreciate it. Right. So I think it's time for our verse of the week. Sounds good. And this one comes from, it's the old Psalm 23, 4. I think most, a lot of people know about this one. Even though I walk through the darkest, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I truly believe that God and Christ are there for people, especially when they're in their deepest, darkest moments. 
the times when you feel the most alone and abandoned. Even if you believe that God is not there, I'm going to say it, and I hope you believe me more than you believe yourself in that moment, that God is there. He may just be quiet and letting you mourn. So I hope and pray that you have a fabulous week. Uh, We'll see you next week on Food, Faith, and Feelings. See you next week. 